welcome back to Pop Torture, the podcast where two millennials from different backgrounds talk about everything that's going on in the world. I'm Kathleen, and this is my friend Alif. What up, people? What up? We are back again. Back at it again. <laughs> with, the, um, with the podcast, I don't know. <laughs> with the podcast. And yeah, today we are going to talk about these the whole Brett Kavanaugh situation, that whole fiasco that is our government. Yeah. And then we're going to talk a little bit about our future generation and where we think it's going and kids these days, you know? Kids these days. I didn't, I didn't think I'd be saying that when I'm 22 years old. But kids I feel days. so old, Elise. I feel so old. I'm 23. You don't understand the struggle that was my hangover yesterday. Oh my I don't. God. I didn't think I was gonna bounce back ever. I thought that was just the end of my life. Oh my god! I have not had a hangover since I've graduated. So I. Uh, yeah, that was my first one. I think. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> was it just it the was... worst thing ever? It was not fun. It was not fun at all. I don't even really want to talk about it because nobody <laughs> really wants to know. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> well, speaking of what's rough is the essential fuck you to women's rights that was <laughs> that was yesterday when Kavanaugh got nominated to the Supreme yeah. Court seat and got sworn I, in. I am still just so blown away that this is happening. I, I still don't understand it. I don't get it. Me and my uh, co-workers, we were just sitting around, and it just suddenly hit me, like, I can't believe he actually got nominated slash sworn in today. Yeah. So it was today? I, I haven't been following it super closely. It was yesterday. Closely. Yeah. It was yesterday? Yeah, okay. he got voted in. It was, uh, I think it was the closest vote for a Supreme Court justice, I think, since 1991. That's where I read yeah. somewhere. Well, no, I'm actually reading, um, I was reading an AP article before we recorded this, so I don't sound completely stupid. It says that um, it ended with the Senate voting 50 to 48 to confirm him Saturday, the narrowest margin of victory for a Supreme Court nominee in 137 years. Oh my God, so definitely not 1991, definitely way earlier than that. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Well, so... Obviously, for people listening to this and people that um, know of this topic, you know, for those of you that might not know, the reason why Brett Kavanaugh's nomination is so controversial is, well, firstly, because of the candidate that he is. He is a very, and he does not make it, like, hidden. It's nothing hidden. It's very well known that he is a very conservative candidate. Um, Like, President Trump was looking to this guy to hopefully overturn Roe versus Wade. But essentially, that's the uh, ruling that um, led to abortion rights for women. So overturning that would be an essential fuck you to women's, like, women everywhere in this country. And, of course, the second layer of his controversy comes forward when you talk about Christine Ford, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's uh, hearing um, and the allegations of sexual assault against him, where... Again, that's just another fuck you woman, is that you can be very credibly accused of sexual assault, but if you're a white man in power, shit, you're still going to be in power. What I don't understand is why it's so hard to find 
a candidate for this position that hasn't sexually assaulted a woman. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that, um, well, it's, it really just all comes down to what the Republicans want because they control the House, they control um, the Senate. So they wanted a conservative candidate. Um, as to why they couldn't find another conservative candidate, Brett Kavanaugh was sort of That's like the saying. picture of what they wanted. Um, you know, he's the but, guy that... Go for it. But you you don't think that there isn't someone else that can just fill in this same role that hasn't been a sexual predator? Like, I just... That's just something I don't understand. I, I thought that when these allegations came out, yes, I, I understand it was a very, very long time ago. Um, this So all of this stuff happened... Before he went to college, right? It was in high school? Um, no, it was in his first year of Yale. Okay. Um, and I just... Yes, I understand people being defensive and saying how long ago it was. But then again, the position he's about to hold, the, the weight he's about to hold for our entire country, you would think that if something like that came out, even if they didn't a hundred percent believe it, I don't. I don't understand the people that still voted for him to be in this position. I. It. It just blows my mind. I just think that there could have been so many other candidates that fit the the profile that they were really looking for. Right, and. I mean, you're not wrong. There probably are other candidates that do fit the profile. I think his, I think the main attraction for Kavanaugh was his age. He's very young as a judge. So yeah. youth translate to longevity, especially when you're talking about a Supreme Court seat. Like, now that Kavanaugh has that, he can pretty much go on until he's, like, late 80s 90s even if he's alive by then so he's he's on track to be like a 30 year justice if not more um and that's yay. yeah exactly yay um but that's exactly what the um what the house and what the republican party wanted they wanted a guy that conservative in that seat of power um especially now that he's the ninth seat he is going to be one of the deciding votes for many many things in the future that could lead to so many restrictions for so many people trying to fight for LGBT rights, women's rights, obviously, abortion rights. Like his, his, him being sworn in is an awful thing for, um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just awful, you know, especially considering well, what it came I, off of. I think that it kind of says something about that extreme kind of political party mm -hmm. that the only person that they think that they can find for this position is someone who has these allegations against him. I think that definitely says something, the fact that they kind of just all looked past it and they all just said it was a witch hunt and none of it's true and she's just doing right. this like to, to you know, I just... Right. I think it really says something, especially after watching the hearing and what right. she had to say. She obviously is not doing this in any 
for any advancement for her at all. It was she did not want to do it. Yeah. You could tell. Like she was just very straightforward about yes, I understand this was a very long time ago. I don't remember a lot of things, but I mean, I even one of my friends posted about it. She was sexually abused when she was younger and she was saying like you don't remember everything. You kind of you kind of suppress that those feelings you you try not to remember everything especially 40 years down the line obviously you're not going to remember all these minute details but the thing you're going to remember is that you were sexually harassed or sexually Mm -hmm. abused you're not going to forget that you're not going to forget that trauma and i think that her testimony really showed that and i think that it really proved that obviously this wasn't just bullshit i i believed what 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 she said no exactly and it was it's not funny but it was really moving because um when she first came out and when the opposition um you know when president trump insinuated you know why did she have to come out after 36 years there was this hashtag that went viral on twitter um hashtag why i didn't report and you know clicking on that hashtag and if you saw the people's tweets that were you know, the top tweets through that hashtag, it was incredibly moving, it was incredibly powerful. And there is there is logic and there is a certain science as to why people don't report their sexual case, like sexual assault cases, you know, immediately after it happens. Primarily because, again, you have a situation like this where clearly a person who was going to be nominated to the highest seat of power, you know, a sexual assault allegation was made against him, and then, lo and behold, nothing happened to him. People saying Kavanaugh's life was ruined, mm-hmm. I don't really buy into that, because the man is now a Supreme Court justice. There's nothing about his life that got ruined. If anything, he just progressed and got to he. If, let's say he didn't get the Supreme Court nomination, right, after the, that entire case, he still would be a federal judge, a position very much so in in a yeah. high seat of power in the judicial system, you know. Nothing would have happened to him. Nothing would have happened to him. And did you see the? There was a interview, or not an interview. Trump was speaking to some he was, crowd. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it was. And he was saying, he was saying, a man's life has been ruined. Um, only talking about Kavanaugh. No mention. He he was saying he was just dragging. Um, Dr. Blasey basically by saying that she doesn't remember anything. Right, I remember that he was it, he was mocking her in a in a crowd in a rally yeah. in I think in Mississippi. Yeah. And again, that just goes to show you, you know, even like that again is just a part of the big fuck you to woman. It's like, oh, you think you could report before? Well, now the president of the United States is one of those people that will not buy into whatever you're saying, which again is awful. Um, but even going beyond that, like, he was, Trump was saying something, and then, you know, of course, his, his party, and when I say his party, I don't mean the Republican Party as a whole, um, but I mean, like, people in his circle, of course, like his son, Kellyanne Conway, like, his confidants were saying this is a very troubling time for men in the world. Again, yeah. my, when I want to, I'll say something on that. When the Me Too movement really started gearing up and when, when men as a whole started feeling a little uncomfortable, 
There's no reason for you to feel uncomfortable if you did not sexually assault somebody. Or if you, like, if, <laughs> all right, let's, let's start with that first. Secondly, there's also no reason for you to feel like there's this massive witch hunt going on by women to target men. Women are simply coming together to bring light and to also, to bring light to two things. Yeah, awareness, awareness to the idea of sexual assault and how awful it is. Not even just the idea because we all understand how awful it is, but rather to people that, you know, to people in power that have done things without any accountability. Harvey Weinstein, you know, Bill, um, Cosby. Bill Cosby, exactly. People, figures in the highest seats of power in, in the media, in, in politics that have done certain things that haven't been held accountable. And now women are like, nah, fuck you, we're going to take action on this, which is rightfully so. Again, that's that that's sort of me getting off topic a little bit, but the Me Too movement isn't geared to destroy men, right? If we take the number of men that were falsely accused, because I'm sure that's what most people are saying, like, oh, what about the people falsely accused? And I'm sure people listening to this podcast might, like some of you guys, and I mean guys specifically, might be listening to this and saying, well, I was falsely accused. Okay, well, let's say you were falsely accused, but you asked the circle of women around you in your life, you ask any number of them how many of them have ever had a case where they felt sexually threatened or sexually assaulted, you will find the numbers far outweigh you any day of the week. Any day of the week. The amount of false accusations versus the actual number of women that have gone through something that traumatic is staggering. And again, the Me Too movement, it's not like it targeted every man. Around 100 or so men were brought forth because of this movement. That isn't all men in general. Those 100 men don't speak for all men, and plus, those 100 men are skis balls. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so to say, to say men are threatened, to say you should worry for your sons, like if you have a daughter or if you think bullshit. of having a daughter, you should be ashamed of yourself because none of this is threatening to sons. What you're essentially trying to say through that is it is okay for little boys and you know, men in general to be touching women, it is still okay for women not to be coming forth when they clearly have been through something awful. That That is disgusting that we had to hear that from the words of our president and the words of people in such power, that the lawmakers, the people that dictate our policy, and it's disgusting, yeah. it's awful. Well, kind of going off on why she's now coming forward, you know, Trump saying, well, why is she coming forward now? Because he's nominated for a Supreme Court justice position. Obviously, if something like this happened to you in the past and, you know, you know back then, like, it happened a lot and nothing really came of it and you knew that it was kind of just going to be just an inconvenience in your life to have to really deal with that. She was young. She probably was just kind of coping it with coping it how she could at the time um didn't probably didn't have a lot of support around her regarding this back then uh, whereas now there is a lot more support around it and if you remember something like that happening and see in the news that they are being nominated for such a prestigious position obviously you will want to tell people about that because if if you can do anything in your power to stop someone that is capable of doing something like that to be in a position where he's dictating 
all of the rules of our country, like, I definitely 1 million percent would do that. It's, it's right that she did come forward. You know, she, again, Chris, you know, Dr. Ford in her testimony did mention a lot. She battled with herself. Should she come forward? Is this appropriate to do so? You know, she knew what was going to happen to her to herself personally what happened to her was the president of the united states dragged her through the ground through the mud in front of national television um and she was made a fool out of but to say that she did it for the fame is you you clearly did not watch the testimony she was terrified to be in that seat she was terrified mm -hmm. and then all right do you think that president trump watched it a hundred percent he wanted to do you think he watched the whole thing, though, or do you think he just watched the Fox News coverage of the golden moments of Kavanaugh? He probably was informed by his uh, by his people around him about Dr. Ford's testimony, but I have I have reason to believe that he definitely did watch um, Kavanaugh's testimony, Kavanaugh's hearing. Yeah, of course, but do you think he watched the whole thing? Because I honestly don't think he did. I, I don't think... I think he picks and chooses what he wants to hear, and whatever his circle of people around him are telling him is what he believes, and anything else is fake news. Right. Well, even on what his circle is saying around him, you know, I I saw this on uh, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. So he had this little segment. And it's on his Twitter page for sure, like the Daily Show's Twitter page. That's like the pinned tweet. Um, what Trump does oh so well is that he weaponizes victimhood, you know? Like, he will say things to make you feel a certain way. He was saying all those things about Dr. Ford to weaponize the victimhood of men that feel attacked. You know, they feel attacked by the Me Too movement. They feel attacked by Dr. Ford's allegations against Kavanaugh. They feel for Kavanaugh because they're guys, and they're like, well, this is completely wrong. A man's life is in shatters. He knows how to influence people and their feelings. And sometimes, when you do that well enough, 100%. when you can influence somebody's feelings well enough, facts don't fucking matter. That we've seen... Well, that's why he's president. Right, exactly. That's literally why he's president, because he's literally brainwashed all of these people into thinking that his narrative is 100% true, when it's obviously not obviously not he just literally has these people brainwashed and i honest i just i do not understand it it's something that maybe we can have a whole podcast on yeah because this involves um, a lot of psychology and we'd have to get like expert opinions yeah. on it um it's it's, it's yeah. it is like if you take a step back it is quite shocking but okay on kavanaugh right do you want do you do you want i just need to say this one thing so i recently um i was talking to a trump supporter and she literally looked me in the eyes and told me that trump got rid of the u.s debt um that it's gone the the debt is gone there is no I, more debt he got rid of all of our debt i don't debt. think she understands I literally, how the budget works at all it, it he he literally is brainwashing these people completely brainwashing the fact that you can believe that is just you are not educated and you should not be like going around and trying to spread not spread your beliefs but like even 
expressing your opinions. Like, if you, if you think that, then it just, I don't know. That just blew my mind. Well, honestly. that's the thing. Like, well, okay, I'm going to get into this in a little bit because this is sort of talk, talking about, like, our future generations and stuff. But I was going to say, like, a lot of what yeah. we read or what we listen to or the people around us, like, like we have an option to cater our personal preferences in the feeds we get. So, you know, she probably believes in that because that's the type of information she's consuming everywhere, you know? Um, but that's besides the point. Which is scary. Which is scary. Why is she even consuming that? Because it's not true in the slightest. In the slightest, it is not true. It's, it's tough. Um, it's tough to, to break away from that from that loop, that feedback loop, that the stuff that you're reading only further encourages the type of beliefs that you have. You know, the, that feedback loop exists for every one of us, whether we're blue, red, whether we're um, heterosexual, homosexual, it doesn't matter. Any, any type of belief or preference that you have will, like, there is a feedback loop for that on any type of social media feed or news feed that you consume. Because there are algorithms at work that we have no control over. Like, that's just how it spiraled to at this point. But I want to go back to Kavanaugh. Pretty scary. It is. Um, but yeah, going back to Kavanaugh, um, the, the thing that a lot, like, I was just talking to one of my friends recently, and they said, okay, well, obviously the investigation, the FBI investigation that... First of all, the investigation wasn't even a real investigation, if you ask me, because it did not take Dr. Ford's testimony, nor did it, 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 nor did the FBI or the people involved in the investigation attempt to corroborate the testimonies of Dr. Ford through the people she knows, but rather they did it through Kavanaugh's circle and to Kavanaugh himself. So pretty much that investigation is another example of a feedback loop, that it just only well, further, um, it yeah. only further, you know, encourage what the Republicans thought they knew. Well, that investigation must have been... They knew it was nearly impossible from the beginning. It happened so long ago. Nobody is going to be able to, with every fine detail, explain what happened. Nobody is going to have any receipts. It was before cell phones, before all of that kind of stuff. Now, it something like that might be easier to kind of backtrack to, but back then, like, you, there's no possible way, and I think that everyone kind of knew that, that they could really prove that Kavanaugh did that. And really, the only thing that they had was uh, Dr. Ford's testimony, and you're right, I don't think they really took that into much consideration. Right, but, but that's the thing, like, the investigation happened after that hearing and so the report from the investigation that was released a couple days ago it was it was not released to the public it was released to a small circle obviously to all the senators but a small circle of journalists and lawyers and people of the bodies of law had the report it that's a main critique that it should have been released to the public but another thing was the report itself stated that they did not take Dr. Ford's testimony. Like, when I say testimony, I don't mean the actual hearing itself. I'm talking about, like, the, the FBI, when they were in the investigation, did not actually come to her during the investigation, which wow. they should have, because that's taking 
that's all that's literally only going through one of Kavanaugh's side. And of course, everyone on Kavanaugh's side is going to say the same thing that Kavanaugh has been saying is that he is a good man and then blah 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 and all that bullshit. So during the investigation, they did not go to Dr. Ford and they also did not try to um, corroborate on what she was saying in the hearing, which there were three people around her that could say um, what actually happened between her and Kavanaugh. But they didn't go to her or her or her friends. They only went to Kavanaugh during the investigation. Of course, this is after the hearing, and of course, people that Kavanaugh knew, like his people that Kavanaugh knew, and people that would vouch for Kavanaugh. So wow. the the investigation itself, people say, oh yeah, the investigation happened, and they didn't find anything. The investigation wasn't a real investigation. It was not. A re you can't convince me of it. It was not a true investigation. Um, but. That being said, if we take it a couple days back, back to that hearing, and this is what I wanted to talk about at the start, um, if you look at Dr. Ford, and doc, and sorry, not doctor, but Brett Kavanaugh in isolation, right? Just forget political partisanship, forget red versus blue, forget, let's say, let's even forget whether or not he did sexually assault Dr. Ford, right? If you look at Brett Kavanaugh in isolation from that hearing, does that look like the temper and the emotional stability of a man that can be a Supreme Court justice? We're not talking about just a judge. We're talking about one of the nine seats in America that set precedent for all policy and constitutional amendments for years, decades to come. He, during his hearing, did not show any type of emotional stability or basic human decency in some cases. And that's not a man that you would want as a judge. That was my big thing as well, outside of what Dr. Ford was saying and outside of what he was trying to say to disprove her. Obviously, he didn't sound like he was doing a good job because he said the word beer 50 times and tried to retort <laughs> I had back one beer. to the senators. Right, exactly. He tried to resort, you know, retort back to the senators. Senator, I think, like, Diane Fink, you know, Feinstein, she, he tried to retort back to her by saying, oh, did you have any beers? Like, you didn't even answer the fucking question, dude. Just, like, they're asking you questions. You're not answering any of it to begin with. And then you just also don't sound like you have the emotional stability of somebody who can be a judge. That is, that, it's just awful. It's it reminds just so awful. me, it reminds me a lot of, uh, our president. Well, Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really know about the investigation that much, so that's crazy to me that they didn't even really look into uh, Dr. Ford's side at all, really, it seems like. Um, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. That is very yeah. eye-opening. And now, it's not like he even has a nomination. He is sworn in. Yesterday, they swore him in privately. After he got the votes, they wanted to swear him in because I think it was Mitch McConnell, somebody on the Republican side said that they wanted him to be sworn in so he could start, um, essentially he could start making a difference is what they were saying. But we, we know, or at least I assume, that they're going to be trying to push forward to overturn Roe versus Wade. Which is so crazy quickly. to me. Because I feel like when it, when it comes to Republicans' views, I never really thought that abortion was something that, was their number one priority, where they, we need to get rid of abortion. That's the Republicans' number one priority. I have met a lot of Republicans that I feel like are more 
moderate when it comes to those views and they still they do think that it should be the choice obviously they have a little more right-sided views where it needs to be extreme circumstances where in case of a rape or something like that where um, abortion should be legal but they still do have that mindset where if something like that happens the woman shouldn't be expected to have to birth the baby Mm -hmm. well and that's so yeah that's also touching upon the topic of like extreme partisanship the republicans you know you have obviously through like uh, national networks you have examples of republicans that are absolutely incredibly far right but then you also have democrats that are incredibly far left Mm -hmm. and to say that you should get behind the democrats who are incredibly far left is not a solution to the incredibly far right wing Mm -hmm. republicans that have been villainized you know like that that is not part of the solution getting to you know feeding into extreme partisanship is not part of the solution to our country's political state at all you know yes there are certain things that are more conservative than more liberal and you can you can still be a liberal but say you have certain conservative views and you can also say you're conservative but have certain liberal views but the way it's all turning out especially nowadays if you talk to anybody if I don't know, I just feel like if somebody is slightly conservative, they might feel under threat in a very liberal environment. And the same thing goes for somebody that's liberal that's in a very conservative environment. So, and that's, that, that I think truly is going to be the downfall of, like, the American politics system is because we're, we are pitting ourselves against each other quite a bit. Yeah, and I think it also comes back to a lot of blanket statements. I think a lot of people in politics just kind of... Uh, pit people against each other by saying all Democrats think this way. All Democrats want is to take away our guns. All Democrats want are to like kill all of these babies. And I don't think that is definitely keep it keeps us from achieving really any sort of mm-hmm. uh, conclusion or any any sort of progression in our government because these people just throw out these blanket statements left and right and it kind of mm-hmm. just fuels the fire more for people it kind of just says yeah well democrat all democrats do think this way fuck democrats stuff like that you know like no exactly well yeah that's that's the exact thing is that we, we like national network news and you know different forms of media and how we consume it is feeding into the idea of of you have to be one side, you can't be part of the other, mm-hmm. which that's not how it and is. And that like, there's no really in liberal. between. They they think that there's really no in between. Like we can't have an right. abortion law where you can't just get an abortion because you feel like it. You have to be following like you have to be under these three conditions or something like that. It has it just it's either all abortions are legal or abortions aren't legal at all. I think that people really are forgetting that there can be a middle ground that we can come to and all of these people Mm -hmm. in the government don't seem to be understanding that they just want it their way or no way and that's why nothing is really getting done right right that's why you have like the the battle to make the house and everything and senate blue again like that's that's why you have such a massive frenzy Again, uh, come November time, it's all going to be very interesting. But everyone, please um, register to vote. Yeah, but 
Vaughn Kavanaugh. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a skis. He's a he's a fuck. I I don't know why he has a seat, but he's a he's a fuck. Um, I agree. All right. So talking about future generations. Well, now that Kavanaugh is a judge, is a Supreme Court judge. I uh, I don't think I want a daughter ever. Like I don't think I want I to have a daughter really come to this that, world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna be like like I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. I can't pick that. But if there's any way I can influence that, I'm like, nope, I, I don't want to have a daughter in this world that clearly does not have women's rights in, in the United States. Yeah. No, well, okay, obviously that's an exaggeration, but, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, it's the precedent that was set. How, how would it speak to a child knowing that somebody with very severe sexual assault allegations can still achieve power, and yet females that report their cases can be completely unheard. Even That's... Donald Trump, the freaking president of the United States, all the allegations he has against him, he is literally our president, Alif, and the amount of allegations he has against him is absolutely ridiculous. When it comes to our future generation, how do you think they are going to react to all these changes? I mean, at this point, we don't really even know what the future of our country is going to look like because... We do have these people in high power that are such horrible people. And, I mean, in five years, who knows what kind of rights that women or minorities or immigrants will have. Like, we, at this point, it's just so up in the air. Mm -hmm. So do you, like, mm -hmm. do you really have any vision that you are seeing more clearly now, now that Kavanaugh's sworn in? Trump is still our president. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely if you take... It's going to be interesting because, like, even now, if you take a step back and think of just how... Like, all right, let's, t let's look at 2018. So many fucking things happened in 2018. I am still surprised we are in 2018. <laughs> like, there has been a lot. Granted, a lot of what's been going on has also been magnified because of how we consume content. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of what's going to happen in the future, um, that's going to be interesting. Like that's going to be a major talking point, how we consumed content has changed, how it's become so instantaneous, how we can modify our preferences, how we can have it so we can also encourage our own beliefs that that is an interesting topic you know talking point for the future generation um i feel like the future generation doesn't necessarily care about a lot of things that maybe even we care about more than them i mean right, right. i know that even like talking to my friend that is a trump supporter she even said that she doesn't really care about I, I told her go to usdebt.com or whatever that you that website is and I said look it up the debt is definitely not gone and she was just like eh, I don't care like mm, you know what I mean like they think one thing and they don't care about educating themselves any more than they already are they just see one thing and that's like all they really need right and and that's the thing like Information overload is a hundred percent very real. Yeah. Very real. Like, like we've both had those days where we're just sick to our stomachs and in our heads because of how much sad shit or how much information is just being thrown at you. You know, like, 
during the mass shooting in Orlando. Like, that was such information overload. I could not, like, I could not follow it because I just, it was, there was just so much going on, so much being constantly thrown at you. And I think that's really going to affect us as adults as we get into our adulthood deeper. But that's also going to affect our children um, mentally and physically speaking. I think it's um, really affecting of... them a lot more than anyone else because I've really noticed that I've noticed the younger generation really not caring about a lot of pop culture things or a lot of especially mm-hmm. things when it comes to the government. I think that mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I think that they kind of just put a blind eye to it and say someone else will figure right. that out and they don't really care about it, which really scares right. me. I mean, the only thing that kind of is giving me hope is was that the women's march that happened. I think that that really showed the number of people that do still care and that do want to make a difference. And right. But other than that, it just has not been looking good for the future generation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it also comes down to, like, this almost innate belief that a lot of us had slash have um, is that how can one person make a difference? Well, sure, one person trying to start a movement may not be successful, but if you get people to believe in the movement, that can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, a lot of the younger people especially don't, necessarily believe that they can make a difference because you know it's the same as when we were kids we were always told oh shut up the adults can take care of it well the adults are the ones fucking things up and guess what now we're in their age bracket as well Mm -hmm. so we're the adults we've got to like break the cycle i do i do feel like they they slightly do believe that they can make a difference because i i have seen so many posts of people saying like, you know, register to vote, you need to vote, we, we can make this difference, you know, I, I do think that not all hope is lost on that end, I just mm-hmm. think yeah. kind of the motivation to stay informed, to actually try to make a difference is kind of going flat, I don't think that people do have that motivation anymore, especially now with even freaking eight-year-olds have iPhones and they're doing who knows what on them (laughs) like right well that's the thing like people especially now like it's not just like kids it's all of us really we can choose to see what we want to see Mm -hmm. so if somebody chooses not to be informed then that's how they feel and that's that's sad because there's no actual effort to be informed and it's not just it's the adults as well some adults just Mm -hmm. don't care that how because they're already so ingrained in how they feel about a certain topic that they don't want to actually be informed about it. Yeah, you know? I agree. Like, I even fall into that trap as well. Like, oh, I feel like this should not be how it is or this should be how it is. So I'm not going to read up on it or try to stay informed on it to really, you know, understand what, what are the nuances of it. And that's that's for everybody. I mean, and I, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah, that I dangerous. feel like everyone kind of can relate to that in some, to some extent. Yeah. I think everyone kind yeah. of, when they have an opinion about something, most of the time they kind of stick to it and they don't really try their hardest to understand all sides of the story. Um, but some definitely more than others, I think, when it comes to that. The true danger, 
the true danger, I think, is when you, when the the level of ignorance can be like understood. Like if somebody truly believes that um, that all Muslims are terrorists, that that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous to hold that belief. Or if someone, you know, truly believes that, like even all old white men in power are, are awful. Not necessarily, but that's you know yeah. that's a dangerous belief to run under. You know, like th- things like that can pose a serious threat. So. I don't know. Well, outside of politics, I think the future generation will also be. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because we're moving at such a rapid pace, but also it feels so slow. So it's hard. Like time is. Yeah. The feeling of time is being flattened out. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I understand. It's, it's, it's kind of harder to differentiate what happened last year and what happened four years ago. Like, it's all kind of seems like it's blending together in a way. Right, exactly. Like, everything seems flattened out. It's just all in a single plane. Like, it's, man, like, I don't know. It'll be very interesting. I think that's only really going to get worse. I was just actually listening to the uh, Joe Rogan podcast with, Elon Musk, you know, how that went viral because he was smoking weed on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, Elon Musk also did acid while Azalea Banks was around him. Oh. So I don't know how that happened. I, I didn't hear about that. But, um, yeah. but he was that's talking, cost him. he was talking a lot about AI and how that's really going to be the next step in the technology. We're literally going to have the Terminator scenario in our fucking, like, lives at some point. That's... Terminators will be out there to kill us eventually. I hope that robots don't really come to fruition, but I think that definitely the Alexas of the world and the OK Googles and Siri's, I think they're going to get a lot more intertwined with their lives, and we're going to get really used to, honestly, like, them kind of controlling our lives telling us when our next appointment is telling us what we need at the grocery store and telling us all that kind of stuff and i think a lot of the meaning in life honestly might diminish if that happens Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. well that's why black mirror like i love that show so much because it 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 like it's it's some of them are so far-fetched like some of the episodes are so far-fetched but they do a good job to where you can watch it, but you can also, like, understand, okay, they're, like, they touch on the human aspect mm-hmm. of reaction so well. I should watch that more. I, I've watched only, like, a couple episodes, and I feel like I wasn't that big of a fan. I did, I did watch the episode where they raided people on mm-hmm. that app or whatever, and then oh, yeah. I watched the yeah, one where it tells you when you're going to meet your soulmate, that thing. That also is crazy, because it's like, 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 do you, like, uh, if we take a step back, and now we're about to get, like, super, you know, um, meta, but would you want to know that type of, inf- like, would you want to no. have that much information See, in your life? that's when I think that it kind of takes the meaning out of life. I don't think that... Right you're supposed to know any of that people make mistakes they're with people they shouldn't be they they get involved with people they shouldn't be you know they do things they shouldn't do and that's just life and kind of taking that aspect out of it i don't think really benefits anyone no it you're right it doesn't um there there is a very there is a beauty like about life and the unknown of it, um, 
and to to have that much information would be terrifying, in my opinion. Um, support the arts, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a sponsorship message, but support the arts. Just like don't buy into the whole like, oh, my kid needs to be better at math and science and English and all that. Like, if your kid is naturally talented and a very artistic human being, let him explore. Let him, let him or her grow, please, because the arts matter. Especially now more so than ever, since we're talking about information overload. Like, don't you want to sit back and appreciate life? Music? Art? Poetry? Come on. This <laughs> is not a sponsorship. This is just me. <laughs> this is not a sponsorship for the arts. Like, what? Who, who, who emailed you? Arts.gov? <laughs> hey, man, some activists are like, you know what you should do on your next podcast? <laughs> Promote <right>. the arts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that was an interesting no, conversation. Yeah, it was. Um, it's it's like I'm at a point right now where I, I don't even have like anything happy to say about the future because I'm just more curious to see what's going to yeah. happen from here. I now. feel like right now, more than ever, the future is completely unknown. Like four years ago, yeah. I, I feel like I would have had a better grasp on where I think the world is going. But now I just have absolutely no idea. Right. I mean, it also, like, now bringing it back to us, it also kind of ties into, like, us being adults now. Like, when our parents were kids, and when they, like, they kind of had an idea of how their adult life would go. And it was, like, more like how they expected to. With us, it's like, shit, the, like, everything. I don't fucking know what's going to (laughs) happen. The student debt crisis is at an all-time high. Oh, my God, yeah. Housing, wealth income all that shit is just inflating so much but not to like standards of living um i don't know us as adults are also going to be interesting to see how our lives move forward from here on out very interesting and we'll we'll uh record it on our podcast when it happens right. well they definitely will record our podcast but also kathleen i wanted to say one thing. So I don't want to end the podcast on a very confusing slash somber note. Are you going to talk Let's, about puppies? Uh, I, I was just about to say, my, I, I was watching, um, I was on Instagram, and I follow the hashtag Bernese Mountain Dogs, Ooh. so I can like watch anything of Bernese Mountain Dog related. So I think I'm on five of them. Now, what, what you, leg would you want? You should, right you should follow the Retriever Puppies Instagram. I actually almost tagged you in a video the other day. It was a puppy being pushed on, like, a tricycle. And, like, he was trying to put his paws on the pedals. And he was, like, trying to pedal. Oh it was God. the cutest thing. I should have tagged you. I don't know why I didn't. I think I got distracted. <laughs> that happens. That happens. Um, but, no, I think I want five Bernese Mountain Dogs in my life. And, like, if my significant other's like, we can't have that many dogs, well, at least I have my five dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I always said I want a dog and a cat, and they're going to be best friends. That's what I said. Oh, wait. I don't know. Isn't that a movie or, like, a cartoon? Cat dog? No, that's because they're conjoined, so they have to be. (laughs) Cat dog. (laughs) (laughs) But, anyway, um... (laughs) Wait, so I wanted to tell you, as we're wrapping this up, um, it was so freaking cool. I walked out of my apartment the other day. So where I live is a very diverse area. There are a lot of, like, different ethnicities and stuff that live in the complex. Mm -hmm. And there was a family playing cricket outside. 
Oh, it was shit. amazing. I literally looked at that and I was like, wow, this is so freaking cool. The fact that I just walked out of my apartment and there are people playing cricket, that is so cool. Damn, you got to experience, you got to experience the, 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 the finer things of life right there. <laughs> I, was telling, that... I was telling my friend and he was like, you should ask to join. I was like, I don't know if... Uh, if they would want to explain that to me because that might take a while. <laughs> they might have definitely have fun with it. Like you, you might feel yourself getting like roasted by them without even knowing you're getting roasted. Yeah, probably. Like, that's that's the best part. <laughs> <sighs> but all right, that was episode six. Hope that note, hope yep. y'all enjoyed it. I hope that it was informative a little bit, and you enjoyed our opinions. We welcome conversation. Feel free to follow both of us at our personal um, social media. All of mine is Alif Kareem. Just my name, the spelling of my name. I keep I keep um, tweeting your other Twitter by accident. You're good. <laughs> um, and then Kathleen's Twitter is at Kat Haynes. Kat seven. underscore Un- Haynes underscore seven. Come on, Alif. Underscore Haynes. Also, seven. follow me. our Pop Torture Twitter. It's at Pop Torture Pod. We have an Instagram too, but we don't really use that, so just just follow our Twitter. We ask questions yeah. of, you know, what you guys want to hear and stuff, and any feedback is welcome. Also, make sure to uh, review our podcast on iTunes if that is where you're listening to it. Uh, one of my friends... Please, give us those ratings. One of my friends actually the other day asked if my podcast was only on iTunes, and I just realized people with Androids, can they listen? I mean, it's it's on SoundCloud, so. so they can definitely listen to it on SoundCloud, but I'm thinking maybe we should try to get on Spotify. That'd be dope. Yeah. All right, once we figure out, coming soon. Once we figure out our whole website situation, because right now we have to delete a podcast every time we upload one. So I apologize right. if you haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts and they are now gone. But, yeah, we are in the process of figuring that out, and hopefully soon we will have a website or something that we can uh, host our podcast on. But, yeah, that is um, today's episode. Thanks for episode six. listening, not watching. I always say watching. <laughs> I got <laughs> it right this time. I also didn't say like <laughs> as much. I know I probably said it a lot handful too many times but i didn't say it as much which is good because i knew that was annoying and i apologize we're making progress at this all right until next time should i say it i feel like i should have a different a different outro i don't want to keep saying that i will still say see you (laughs) i'll just i'll join you this time saying see ya ready three two one see ya see ya (laughs)